You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. You remember that? You remember that story a long time ago? The kid getting stuck in the balloon. Yes, and it was all fake. It was all fake. I was just like, let there. I hope. I hope there's like twelve kids at that fucking. Balloon, <laughs> I hope there. I hope it fucking is. All right, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Couch Bro Tatoes. I'm Alex. No cap. No cap. But we got Morrison. Yep. That's, That's all right. you need. You don't need cap. Yeah, we'll fuck him. Fuck <laughs> sooner or later, it'll be just Cap as the special guest because the show is titled The Couch Potatoes with Chris Morrison. Mm-hmm. So technically, as long as Chris Morrison is part of the show, it's an episode of The Couch Potatoes. So, so eventually, Cap just may be special guest. Yeah. Huh. We might be branded so you get in shirts. All right, right, right. You never know Coffee what we're going to Coffee mugs, shirts, maybe Lighters. a sticker or two. Yeah, whatever. Patch. Tattoo. Yeah, fuck it. Special pack of menthol cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Limited edition menthol cigarettes, because God forbid anybody have a good flavored cigarette. <laughs> no, God, I'm, I'm glad I'm doing the other thing that's just going to kill me a little bit slower, which is just vaping. So, yay. yay smoking candy. Yay. I, well, no, it's still mint. <laughs> I don't do any of the special flavors. And oh, I'm my still God. Menthol. I got happy about work to that shit. I'm just like, just eat candy. You fuck. <laughs> and I'm sure mine is also a lot more low profile than what some of y'all's are. Yeah. Your coworkers. Yeah. No, because I said this turned into a something good episode, but we'll talk about that at some point. But by the time this episode is out, uh, we probably would have already talked on it on that. But uh, at the new job I'm about to get, guy was like, yeah, I'm very pro vaping. You know, he's like, you know, just, you know, try not to be, you know, too crazy with that. And as soon as I pulled mine out, he goes, oh. You couldn't do nothing with that anyway. You're fine. Yeah, vape away. <laughs> anyway, uh, we were just kind of dicking off, just kind of discussing different things, and we were kind of going through <laughs> making funny jokes about uh, different Pixar movies, and we we're like, hey, we actually have not done a Pixar episode, but we've discussed many times before how Pixar movies are not really just for kids. Uh, we, we watched... Uh, kind of a video essay right before this uh, by a YouTuber named Captain Kristen. Uh, definitely check him out. Uh, he's made a couple really good videos. But through that, he made a really good point, which was a lot of people confuse the term family movie with child-friendly movie. Mm-hmm. But Pixar really does take it in a direction where basically anyone of any ethnic group Mm-hmm. age gender can enjoy the movie and pull something away from it. and i think that's why you know you even still get adults like us that area just like Did you see the new pixar movie it's mm-hmm. fucked up man <laughs> well, it's like cops it's like the show cops yeah everyone hey, d- d- please chris drive the line between pixar movies and cops for me everyone can enjoy watching cops except people that don't like policemen you still watch it because you're like damn that motherfucker got away fuck yeah like you're still, it's still entertainment. Okay, all, all, all right. Sorry, I was taking a drink. I wasn't just leaving you there. <laughs> all right, I, I see it a little bit, but um, no, it's pretty interesting. Uh, Pixar uh, started out in '79 as part of a Lucasfilm division, mm-hmm. and so that really, I think, just that alone 
shows where this company was going to be going because mm-hmm. the Lucasfilm division if people aren't big time movie nerds may not realize or big time Star Wars nerds may not realize that a lot of the special effects that it's hard to find them now because they've been redone but mm-hmm. a lot of the original special effects that were in that movie had never been done before. They had to create specific like rigging uh, materials and ways to blow things up and ways to green screen things in that had never been done before. So they had to create their own production house just to be able to create these special effects because no one around could do what they wanted to do. So for the fact that this was a a computer division known as Graphics Group, that was an offshoot of Lucasfilm already shows that these kids have a drive to create really good computer generated images. And this is uh, Ron Cohen's side with Industrial Light and Magic, right? Yes, correct. ILM. And then it winds up spanning off in its own corporation in 86 with funding from Steve Jobs. Yeah. So it is really interesting how. Pixar is kind of the baby of George Lucas and Steve Jobs in mm. an odd way. That is in no way to discredit the designers and engineers that actually put the you know models and all the original yeah. programming together. But funding-wise, its daddies were George Lucas and Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. That I don't I don't know. I've always found that kind of fact very fascinating in the story of Pixar. It's, it's the story of a lot of you know when you take the creator and put them with the not so much another creator but an investor you know the two people that make something great you know um we had talked about it before the show that steve jobs wasn't really an inventor he was a convenience man he was he was an industrialist he's more of edison thomas edison type person Mm -hmm. george lucas though would be the creative in that situation and you know because of him, there was Lucas Films, Industrial Light and Magic. Steven Spielberg used him on some films, and he used, and you know, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you take someone like George Lucas, who also consolidated ideas to create his own, but he did it to the peak limits of the ability of of what was available. Right. And I think you know, with Pixar, if you look at those first films, like Toy Story. Mm-hmm. The animation holds up pretty well. Oh, it's, absolutely! It's textured. It's not as textured as like video games are because they kind of. I will say the scary thing about video games is it, it's hitting that uncanny. It's hitting that uncanny valley. Yeah, and that's kind of scary looking because it fucks with your brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want Pixar to do that. Exactly, and I think they've found a really good way throughout the years to bring a lot of realism, but not uncanny valley mm-hmm. to their animation. Because it's still the the, the the detail, like uh, like if you want to go more detail oriented to what Pixar was capable of, it's Finding Nemo. Yeah, Finding Nemo. The original cut of Finding Nemo is too realistic that they had to dumb it down. The water looked too real, mm-hmm. so they cut cut it down. Yeah. Um, which tells you a lot about what they were capable of in the beginning. Oh, absolutely. You know, when, and and it also tells a lot about their understanding of what's going to make a compelling and good movie. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to be like, oh, we're just going to show off you know, all this amazing, great technology we have. They're going to work within their limits to create something that's going to be enjoyable. And something else I actually didn't know. Um, uh, let's see. It says here on the uh, Wikipedia page that they actually uh, that the Pixar team did some of the effects in Star Trek II: Wrath of Khan. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so there's a scene 
it's 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 where Khan shows up with his his starship, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a lot of detail where it's not. It's one of the first uses of CG, right? Uh, next to like lasers and you know the the beam me up Scotty kind of stuff. It right. Was, it, there is a little bit of more detail in Wrath of Khan than there was in Star Trek the Motion Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, it's another sad movie <laughs> technically because <laughs> Spock gets it, <laughs> but. Yeah, it, you know, them and uh, there are other, you know, production companies on the level of Pixar that went above and beyond just to show that we can tell an animated story Mm -hmm. as well as a a, a real live live action film. Yeah. And they do it really well. I think what helped it, though, was the fact that Pixar was able to get some well-known Voices, yeah, to kind of carry that because that's another thing about. Well, animators. I think that's well. I think what helped with that is uh, the very last piece of this three-part puzzle was, you know, after the Steve Jobs funding, essentially they were able to improve their technology. They worked on a lot of other films, kind of in the background, and started creating tech demos to show off at CES and things like that, and being like, "Hey, this is where the future can go. Invest in us, or you know, hire us for your projects, so we can you know continue to grow." And then, sure enough, the mouse comes a knocking. Yeah, and it's just like, oh shit! It's the final piece of the puzzle. So, with the Disney backing for even a first movie like Toy Story, I mean, that's an all-star cast right there. Well, Disney at that time was in a slump, big time, big time slump. They were getting their asses kicked by Ubiworks and all these other stuff uh, at that time. And even really poor business deals between the parks, the other movies, that was like bad deals left and right. Disney almost went bankrupt around this time. And it was a smart move, you know, to assimilate Pixar in. And not just that, but they opened themselves up to telling the same stories or instead of these fairy tale stories or fables and stuff like that. Yeah. And changing up the whole thing to, hey, let's make something a little bit more modern than, let's say, Cinderella. And stuff like it. Yeah. And it, it went a long way because Pixar and DreamWorks were a little bit relative at the same time. Uh, DreamWorks didn't quite go the CG route as fast. Yeah. They, they did CG animation, which goes a long way for other animators today, such as you know Seth MacFarlane, Matt Browning. Because a lot of that is not drawn anymore. It's, it's all computer generated. Oh, but, yeah. And even after the first episode of South Park, that's all been computer generated. Yeah. yeah. So they kind of have they kind of have to. Um, but it, that's another independent studios, you know, that do it. South Park Studios is all digital now. Yep. It's no longer cut and paste. Click, cut and paste, click. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, going to DreamWorks, like one of the greatest animated movies probably ever made by them was Prince of Egypt. Yeah. And a lot of that is hand-drawn, but it's also Mm computer-generated. And when that movie came out, it was kind of the nail on the head, or nail in the coffin, on just straight animated movies. Yep. you know, you're using. Cause the- I remember the Prince of Persia. That that was around the time period when I was, you know, remembering seeing ads for, you know, different movies and things. And yeah, that 
For some reason, though, that never really crossed my mind as something I wanted to see, though. So I but, think they even it, it, it even came out at the wrong era. It's, it's it's more it's not more of if you wanted to see it, it was more of like a James Cameron film mm-hmm. where it's not targeted to a certain person or targeted right. to a more large demographic like Titanic or Avatar, where it's just like I just want to do something I want to do. Fine, I'll make your movie, but you know what I'm doing? I'm killing a guy with a giant CG propeller because I'm <laughs> fucking metal. I want to go deep in the ocean. Why? Cause I told him about to film a movie, but I kind of want to build a cool submarine <laughs> or like, I, I want to take the effects of 3d imagining and go beyond anyone's ever done it. <laughs> and to where you don't need special glasses. You can, it's a paper, some paper glasses mm-hmm. and you go to the theater now and something's in 3d. Guess what? That shit is fucking insane to watch. Yeah, it really because is. Because he decided to push that fucking boundary. And, mm-hmm. you know, Steve jobs, you know, with Apple, he was pushing people a little bit harder Kind of like a psycho. But, <laughs> but, but, that's, have- but that is the crazy thing. It's like if we want to get onto that small tangent, I remember the major thing is when – because he quit Apple for a while. Mm-hmm. He left Apple for a good while, and then he came back, basically fired everyone, reconstructed the business, and really cut down on the amount of products they were selling because they were oversaturating the market with a lot of really, really, really bad products. Mm-hmm. So he cut down on everything and was like, we're going to focus on one computer and this X one and the other. And the one thing he did is like no floppy disk drive. Yeah. And they're like, what? No, that's like our main mode of like saving data and like transporting it between computers. He's like, get rid of the floppy disk. He's like, it's about to be gone. He's like, this is outdated technology Not already. Tape. Yeah. yeah. He's like, this is outdated already. He goes, and consumers are relying on them too hard. Get rid of it. There are better alternatives. Yeah. And then sure as shit, within a few years, Boom, floppy disks were gone. Mm. And then it, uh, same thing happened with Java. He stopped accepting Java on Macs, which kind of forced the industry to move past Java. Mm. Now we have much better websites because we don't rely on JavaScript anymore. And it's yeah. now on different web-based o- OSs. So it, it is kind of an interesting thing where it's like, I don't know, sometimes folks do have to get mad at someone <laughs> to get pushed forward. It's, it's a lot of reconsolidating mm-hmm. a standard. Yeah, which which can be revolutionary, such as like Xerox creating Windows by accident, and Bill Gates seeing the potential for that before they even saw it. Yep. And, and the thing is, is Bill was I don't know which was smarter, Bill or Steve. Oh no, they're both both of the same. Be, but because they went about it two completely different ways, and it both succeeded, mm. so they both proved themselves right. Because well, they, I, because when Steve and we are going on a way yeah. tangent, but this is all still era specific of the early nineties. Um, when they were working together at Microsoft, mm. Steve wanted to make sure it was a locked code. Like the Mac OS is. He wanted to make sure it was exclusive. He's like, we've got something really great here with Windows. And um, on the other hand, uh, his name just escaped me, even though I said it like five times. Bill Gates. Yes, Bill was like, no, I want to license this. I want this on like every computer possible. If you make a computer, I want to license it to it. And Steve just did not agree with that. And that was their only main fundamental difference is Steve did not want it to be I heard it described. So given away so freely. I heard an analogy described as one's a heroin dealer, one's a coke dealer. Mm -hmm. Steve Jobs is a heroin dealer. It's a very niche thing. Yeah. You know what you're looking for. You know exactly what you need. Bill Mm -hmm. Gates is, I need the masses to get on my shit. Yeah. So 
Coke is a little bit more socially acceptable <laughs> than heroin, but but it, it's they're both peddling something that you're going to want and then eventually continuously need. Steve Jobs, Steve just Jobs, like Disney, yeah, yeah. But yeah like Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs, you know, with a Mac, you got a Mac computer. Two years from now, you just got to update it. That's yep. all you got to do. Guess what? Bill Gates does the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. The only thing about Bill Gates is the Microsoft computers have a little bit more open sourcing on it. Yep. And if you know, and like, and if you know enough shit about Mac, you can do the same goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. But they are niche products. If I'm trying to run an office, I'm using Microsoft. Yes. If I'm running uh, uh, a brand company that's mm-hmm. more visual and audio, that's making mm-hmm. TikToks, commercials, stupid shit like that. Yeah, I'm going to use a fucking Mac because Absolutely. that's what it's designed for. It's more of creative than anything. Yeah, if I was, if I wanted to have something I could put on my lap and do some mega gaming on, mm-hmm. I'm not going to grab a Mac. They, no. they that is not their market. Gaming is not forward facing mm-hmm. with Steve Jobs and mm-hmm. his initial thing, and they've ca- carried that forward. And that's you know that goes with DreamWorks too. Uh-huh. DreamWorks uh, has a very open kind of relationship with people mm-hmm. who use Microsoft. And but then as soon as Disney grabbed Pixar, mm-hmm. it was very much you're going to work with us yeah. and us only. You are we are we are your production house and you are our people. Yeah, Disney, <laughs> Disney and that's what caused them to die in the 80s. Is because they pushed all those people out who were like, "Hey, I have an idea." And they're like, "No, fuck your idea." Yeah. And then they took it down the fucking street to Ubi Works and all them and they started kicking out kick-ass fucking movies and Disney's like well what happened <laughs> well, I thought I thought our movies by committee worked unfreeze Walt real quick and let's ask him <laughs> and he's like go with the new kids yeah go with the new kids <laughs> uh, and but it, like but straight out the gate with a hit with Toy Story yeah and, but, and I will classic. say, Instant I will classic. say though, that one was one I was late to the game on. That was not my first movie for Pixar. I remember when it came out. I remember all the marketing material, all that stuff. I went from all right. So when Pixar had come around, you know, they were still doing the. They had opened the Disney Vault again around that time. Oh God, do we want to talk about that for a second? Opening the, I remember those the commercials. Disney Vault is a copyright massacre. Oh my God, because they do it with Fox now. Yes. Uh, uh, so when they accumulate stuff, Disney decides to stop production. Yep. Uh, reproduction mm-hmm. of these of these items. So if you want a VHS copy of Bambi, you have to wait. You and you only have like a two month window to buy it. Yeah. That's it. And it's and it's called vertical integration it's you create scarcity and you create a need because now people are like well i could they treated it like beanie babies they're like i could sell this one no well they started to that was the thing like Like, that's the one thing the formatting formatting finally just put a nail on the coffin because I don't have a VHS player. How the fuck am I going to watch this? Well, honestly, the collectability side, because yeah. there were so few made, like people were actually able to find like the run numbers of mm-hmm. how many of each thing was made. Mm-hmm. Certain sealed copies of Lion King, not even for like Disney fans, but for like actual collectors I'm that like just that dropping movie. money and shit. A sealed copy of Lion King can go for like two grand. Yeah, it's insane. To me, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't matter. I know, but like, but like, if you were talking about collectability, what would you have? Which one would you rather have? A VHS copy of fucking Lion King or an orange Nickelodeon tape? Exactly. Something you watch. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I would much. You know, even, it's, it's, it's it's a false economy. It's not real. It is. It is. It's all fake. 
But I would love to have a VHS copy of Toy Story. Uh, well, I would love to have, I think I still have it in the closet in there, but my first Pixar movie, which was their follow-up, A Bug's Life. Yes. And, that was my first Pixar and movie. And this is when I, when I was a kid, I started noticing duplicates. Uh, oh, copy-paste uh, characters. Not really copy-paste characters is when I noticed uh, movie duplicates. So... Uh, we had a spy movie, or uh, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, had got back into the new genre of gaming, the P- PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4. Right. Well, this was PS2 I, era. But, this but was 98. This is an example. Okay. So, Laura Croft came back with a Tomb Raider. PlayStation's like, it's kind of old. They create Uncharted. Mm. Same goddamn thing with a dude. Okay. Guess what movie came out at the exact same time as Bugs Life? What? Ants. Yep. DreamWorks. Yep. It's fucking DreamWorks. Oh, well, it happens again in a few years, too. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, 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 all right. So, Bugs Life is uh, anarcho communism <laughs> with ants because they have an aristocracy. It works with an aristocracy. And then they have Kevin Spacey and the crickets show up and try to force capitalism in the, most harshest way possible. And Dennis slaves. Leary is a ladybug. Yes. <laughs> Dennis Leary is a ladybug. And I think it's so funny when you watch that as a kid, it's just like, oh man, Hopper's a bad guy. You know, you know, an old Oh, boy. he's just against Flick because he's got some cool Flick, ideas. Flick, Flick is going out of outsourcing. Oh yeah. Helping trying to get you know rallying a team. Yeah, boot and rally. Fuck Dude, you. It's and Avengers. Yeah. It's <laughs> and Avengers. And he's boot and rally. Fuck yeah, done. And as you watch it when you're older, it's like, oh, fuck, it's a factory <laughs> with prison guards. It's technically a slave camp, but like, oh, he, yeah. brought, he outsourced mercenaries to overthrow the, the, the government. The example you gave me earlier where uh, he was pulling the peanuts out of that bottle, throwing them at the oh, flies. Oh, yeah, he, he, uh, uh, Hopper, Kevin Spacey, yeah. uh, flicks, a peanut, uh, flicks a nut at one of the crickets, and they're like, Hopper, what are you doing? That's one ant. He's Did like, that hurt? pop, pop. No, nah, man. Fuck. No, Hopper, it's not. And then he rips the cap off and a mountain of fucking like pine nuts or whatever come <laughs> crushing down. And he said, and, he, and it's very true. Uh-huh. You let one get away with it, they'll all start fucking doing it. Which is kind of the basis of laws. Yeah. Like you wouldn't let a guy, one, one guy get away with it. They're all going to keep doing it. So maybe you start cutting his fucking heads off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, this is when we start putting bullets in brains. <laughs> And ants is a totally different fucking story. Yeah, ants is a socioeconomic situation going terribly awry because one dude lost his license. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's like knee deep in the fucking field in the fucking battle. I don't know if you remember ants. No, there is a not horror much. scene of him with the battle ants. Oh, the soldier yes, ants. I remember that. And I it remember turns into, that. It turns into battleship troopers or starship troopers. And he like, one guy, one ant who's a soldier is like killing this giant beetle and it spews acid and he burns up and like, Woody Allen is the voice and he's just like, fuck this shit. <laughs> no, see, I just remember Stallone's that. that. Yes, I remember that. There's a, that's a horror movie. It's fucked up. It's fucking metal <laughs> as shit. But no, I remember watching A Bug's Life and I... I don't know. For some reason, that's the movie that captured my attention. Mm-hmm. I dug that one. Like even to the point, I got the Nintendo sixty four video game. Yeah. <laughs> I was in it, man. And then immediately after uh, the next year, because the Toy Story came out in ninety five, A Bug's Life ninety eight, uh, and ninety nine, almost exactly a year later, but yeah, a year later minus a day, Toy Story two came out. Yes, uh, Toy Story two though it, it it grows with you in a way mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, four years later, so, so that's a decent amount of time for well, a young when kid. When was Toy Story One? Toy Story One was November twenty second, ninety five. Uh, right, Bugs I was Life six was six years in, old. Yeah, I was the relatively same age as Andy. Mm-hmm. Andy. Uh, then a few years later, you outgrow those kind of toys. Yep, they go to a younger sibling. So that's what happened. Yep. His toys went to his sibling. Now, he still had a few. Mm-hmm. Fuck, when I was that age, I still had a few. Of course. But they're your mainstays. But now everything's getting separated. He's showing his toys to his younger sibling, who's probably four, mm-hmm. five years younger. Because uh, you only see her for a minute yeah. in the first movie. Uh, and you hear the mom, uh, who's played by Jackie from Roseanne. Yeah. Um, but in Toy Story 2, there was um, the conflict isn't there from the original. No. Uh, so it's Woody and Buzz again. And if I remember correctly, they get stuck outside the house right during after the move. I want to say that's correct. It's been a long time. I've remember I've seen all these at this point. Because in been the first a long movie, they, they give it. a kid PTSD. <laughs> yes. Yes. They just casually fucking do that shit. This is the one where they get sold. This is one where Woody gets sold by accident. Yes. And they yes. go to the toy store. Yes, that's correct. And you find out, and it kind of goes back, it kinda, it's a callback to Buzz Lightyear, you know, from the first movie, realizing he's a toy, mm-hmm. to realizing now he's a mass-produced toy. Yes, because because the third one is them actually getting fully gotten rid of. I will say, Disney has a great, kind of like Marvel does, with like the Stan Lee character. The old man character from Pixar. Yes. Because uh, in the video copy I had of Toy Story in the beginning before the movie starts is a cutaway film. It's about 10 minutes long of an old man playing chess. Oh, he it's, gets up. it's not Toy Story. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's at the beginning of Monsters, Inc. It's at the beginning of Toy Story, too. Is it? It's okay. that old. Okay, okay. But he, get, he, he moves the chess piece, mm-hmm. gets up, sits, and then yep. he starts playing. Guess what? That's also the same old man who yes. repaints Woody and yes. fixes his shit. Um, and he's a callback character. Like, I think you see him in the background of Up. I think he, you know, he pops up here and there. But it was just a, a cool little, like, they're Stanley kind of. Oh, yeah. Well, um, Pixar is well known for that. They put Easter eggs, like, they, like the, it, a, they, the A24 or whatever. But, well, not even that, but to the point of like, People have been able to find so many Easter eggs. It's oh, yeah. basically confirmed that a, they've created their own universe. I do like somebody had argued online or debated online that Andy's dad is uh, an astronaut. Yeah. And he's gone. And it's actually, that's what Buzz Lightyear is based off of. Uh, his dad. That's let's why, see if Lightyear confirms that theory well, coming Buzz out Lightyear's, soon. Buzz Lightyear's named after Buzz Aldrin. Right. And if Russ was here, he he'd be cheesing <laughs> no but i actually think i think it's cool that the the concept that they're going with the new Lightyear movie is they're not the reason he looks so different and so weird is they're not rebooting they're not changing the series they're going in this universe the toy story universe the character buzz Lightyear is based off a movie part. yeah what would that movie be the Buzz Lightyear movie. Let's let's show what that movie in yeah. universe would be. So that's why Buzz looks a little different and everything. They justified it all. They're like, this isn't the Toy Story Buzz Lightyear. This is the movie and the TV show that everyone likes in that universe. If he doesn't kill anybody with a laser, <laughs> I'll be disappointed. Turns his little turns his little astronaut body cam off. But then immediately after Toy Story two, we get one of my personal favorites, Monsters Incorporated. 
I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't as big a fan of Monsters Inc. Really? It was like my sister was a bit was a big fan because it was a little bit closer to her age group. I didn't I liked uh, what was it John Goodman mm-hmm. was Sully. Yes. I'm a big John Goodman fan. Um one of the greatest TV dads ever. Uh, and Mo what is his name? Uh, his buddy uh, the friend of Monsters Inc. Oh, if you hadn't have said that, but, uh, uh, Mike Wazowski. Yeah, that's uh, that's old oh boy. That's um, voiced by uh, Billy Crystal. Yes, Billy Crystal, one of the greatest comedians of all time. <laughs> but you know, those two together kind of make the movie with music by Randy Newman. Yeah, <laughs> the same dude who did Taylor Story. Yep, and his weird little songs. <laughs> and basically every every movie I think up until Incredibles has a Randy Newman song in it. Yeah, and Randy Newman's got some weird fucking songs. Yeah, he's no, he's no John Williams. <laughs> he, he appears in the last final episode of Family Guy before yeah. in the Apocalypse episode. See you, per, see you, see you, eat a little <laughs> apple. He's like, she's like, Lois is like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he's in the only spot on Earth that's perfect. Uh huh. She's like, oh, it's it's the it's the oasis of the apocalypse. Ah. Uh, Brandy Newman's here. <laughs> no, I had to watch Monster Incorporated because by, this one came out November 2nd, 2001. By this time, I had already... Oh, it's not 11th. great. <laughs> by this time, I had already found my love for Frankenstein. Yeah. And, like, universal horror. Like, mm. I wasn't watching Night of the Living Dead or anything. Yeah. But, like, I had found my love for, like, monster movies. Mm. So, to see a universe where it's flipped, where the monsters are afraid of the kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that immediately grabbed my attention. I was like, oh, and it's from the, the same people that did well, the Bugs Life it's movie. It's not that they're afraid of. It's the conspiracy of fear. Well, you understand that mm. later, but... Yeah. the marketing materials that the monsters are afraid of kids and it's yeah. just like oh that's an interesting concept flip what was the co- what was the code they would yell uh, 2319 we got a 2319 which is a callback to the studio number yep for original Pixar artists, mm-hmm. a a twenty three nineteen. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was the uh, that's if an item from yeah. the room gets into Monster World, and it was yeah. usually a sock, and poor guy had a trampled by a million and one clone troopers, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got <laughs> shaved. He got yeah, he gets shaved, <laughs> and then his bandaid ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> That that movie and one a little bit later on down the list is probably one I could if I sat down and genuinely thought on it, mm. I could screenplay both of those movies. Uh, this one and another one later on coming up. I've watched them so much. Mm. I don't know what it was though. I think just the overall story of Monsters Inc. just really had me well, the, because the, the, it wasn't the, the, very linear. There had a lot of important things that are happening that kept you engaged. Yeah, it wasn't just Randall being yeah. a problem it wasn't just that a kid was loose mm. and it wasn't just that mike wazowski needed to get to his date mm. you know there was so many little things that kind of became bigger issues and smaller issues as the movie went on all the while a friend dynamic was happening mm. because you had mike always playing second fiddle and even playing it up on the joke of like the logo covering him mm-hmm. during the commercial, people kind of forgetting about him. Yeah. They had so many plates spinning that they still wrapped it up at the end so well. I think out of those three of the first three, Monsters Inc. is probably the saddest one. 
Yeah, I think it's the first time so, they really so tried to hit Toy you. Toy Story, if you remember, doesn't have much of a sad moment as a mental breakdown moment where Buzz Lightyear realizes he's a toy. Yeah, and Woody, that's played up more for laughs. Yeah, but Woody defeated him for a second, and he has a, the Mrs. Nesbit. Yeah. <laughs> idea uh bug's life was but more it, but intense then it, but then it but it rises and falls and they make it to the truck they get to the new house bug's life is a serious economic social problem <laughs> where, where flick is defeated when he gets pushed out when they find out they're circus performers yeah but then toy story 2 kind of hits a little bit harder because woody's pretty much being erased yeah as a toy and being treated as like a nerd figure or mm-hmm. like a comic book or some shit but that Monsters Inc. I remember had one of the saddest ones where Sully had to tell her goodbye. Yes, and, and they 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 stretched it. They put the right music. They were trying. They were and they, driving, won. they were they were turning the knife. Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> fuck you. This this cute little girl that you've fallen in love with, calling the monster Kitty, is now on the brink of tears, having to say bye to Kitty, putting her through the door, and, and you're sitting here going like, no. And you have someone like John Goodman. <laughs> With just the perfect dad it. voice. Selling it. And I think DreamWorks did that too on other movies we'll bring up later on. Yeah, yeah. But I do love the theory that the little girl grew up to be the crazy old lady in the hut in Brave. Oh, yeah. In Brave. Because she has a, she has a, a wood carving of, of uh, Sully. Well, there's a new theory now. Of course there is. Have you seen this? Okay, so one she, of the... She killed Nemo. One of the she uh, cast a spell to give him a little fin. No, uh, their latest movie, Turning Red. Yeah, uh, one of the girls that, is that that's Disney, right? Yes, but it's, it's still a Pixar animation. Okay. Um, one of the one of the main girl's friends mm. is an Asian girl with black hair, yeah. kind of a bob cut, with overalls, and on her overalls are the flowers from the door. Yeah, so she might be the. It actually kid. might be Boo. Yeah. So that's just one of those things where it's like, no. I haven't really got a chance to watch it. It looks pretty neat. Yeah, that, it that is, does it, pretty, seem pretty interesting. It deals with anger management. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, Monsters Inc., to, uh, to me, one of my top three animated movies, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was just really, really good. Uh, next one, I didn't like this one as much until I had to watch it over and over and over. Because by this point, um, I want to say my little yeah, my little sister was born by this point. So Finding Nemo, and she liked Finding Nemo. <laughs> my sister did too. Um, that's why my parents bought it. We got a Christmas gift. Yeah, uh, it was one of those shared Christmas gifts you get. Uh, but we sat and watched it. Um, it is a little hyperbolic on some stuff, mm-hmm. but. It's kind of a, it's it's a real movie like it's, oh yeah it's a really fucked up kind of thing but it's real as shit. It was I, okay if Monsters Inc was there because I feel like I feel like they kind of took a couple things here and then cranked it to ten for a certain movie. Mm-hmm. I think Monsters Inc was the first time they were like okay let's see if we can really make motherfuckers cry and, what, and what then year what year was that? Uh, that was two thousand one and then in two thousand three with Finding Nemo. The intro to that movie, where the whole fam, like the whole school of um, fish eggs, get wiped out by Barracuda. Yeah, basically an analogy for someone just came in and ate all your children. Yeah, that is intense. Well, it's it's, it's full loss because yeah. his wife died too. Uh huh. Um, 
So it's basically their dreams are dashed away except for this one thing. Yep. I didn't consider more of the they ate all his children more like his house burned down and yeah. his son was the last one left. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know. I kind of took it literal because oh, yeah. I saw like all the little fish. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a but big family. Becomes, and all of a sudden, like, <gasps> he becomes, you know, because of the danger, he kind of has this PTSD kind of, mm-hmm. you know, attachment to his kid where he becomes kind of like a helicopter parent. Yes. And then his worst dreams come real again where he lost, loses his son to a dentist. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a Don't dentist. touch the butt. <gasps> he touched the butt. <laughs> touch it. <laughs> and, and, and I think those were the little moments that kind of made it funny. And they did Dory very well in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because I think with later on with Finding Dory, we're not going to go through every movie. Yeah. as I feel like there's a little bit of like a cutoff of the good movies. I remember, I, I will say, I remember a scene. Yeah. And... It was a perfect scene in Finding Nemo mm. where uh, the dad and the other one, Dory, uh, Dory, they meet a group of sharks who are reformed. Yes. Fish Some, are friends, not food. Something happens and a little bit of a drop of blood goes Oh, in the yeah. Water. I remember what it was. Uh, Dory was uh, fighting over something and smacked her nose. And, 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 all right, and the sharks, you know, who smell blood from a mile away. Yeah. It goes in his nose. Uh huh. You and see his, his pupils. His, well, his eyes roll over black. Uh huh. And I'm just like, this is the Jaws moment <laughs> that the old man was talking about in the ship. Yep. Doll's eyes. I'm just uh-huh. like, holy shit! They they didn't have to do that. They could have just made him like, like made his eyes wide. Yeah. But no, they blacked them motherfuckers out, and it's just like you're fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna rip you apart. And I think I think what's the coolest part of it is you know it's Australia yeah so it's so far away from like the mainstay United States stories and stuff like that uh, because Bugs Life happens right outside not far away from Andy's house yeah because we see the pizza is it's where the pizza guy lives yep yep that's where it happens yep <laughs> who, who, again I, it's all a connected it's universe all connected man it's like the Matrix it's like King of the Hill <laughs> it's all connected man King of the Hill yeah those two little stoner kids are on the road. Whacking off in his tool shit. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think it was I think this was a really good one. I like and honestly, uh my favorite that- scenes revolve around the other fish that were captured in the fish tank. Yes. Shark bank. Yeah. <laughs> it was a starfish, it was a clownfish, it was a couple other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, a shrimp. Yeah, the shrimp. Or like a prawn. Yeah, it was a prawn. He's a Frenchman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it reminded me of like the A and B plot so far apart, but somehow they find a way to connect it. Yeah. Because uh, I remember they meet a bird. Yep. They meet a crazy little girl with braces who's mm-hmm. a fucking psycho. Yeah, she's at the dentist's office. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, the killer. <laughs> and I just love that so much. Um, but around this time, you know, go back to DreamWorks, yep. Shrek came out. Yes. And somebody wants to tell me. I, I, I will say this. In my opinion, Shrek is the greatest fairy tale I've ever told. It because, is because, because it lampoons it's a smack every... in the face to all of them. Yes. Uh, I love the. And there's so much we could talk about about that movie. Oh my God, yeah. But you pulled Mike Myers, who, who did it only because. Uh, Chris Farley died. Yeah, that okay. Well, real quick, if we're gonna talk on Shrek, the the production of that was crazy. 
crazy mm-hmm. because it was in the works for so long and Chris Farley actually did get the role and recorded the entire movie. Mm-hmm. He recorded the dialogue for the entire movie but it was going to be a very different plot mm-hmm. because he was going to be taking the character of Shrek a little bit more humble and a little bit more skittish. Yeah. But juxtaposed next to the way Donkey sounded, it was very odd. Yeah, Eddie Murphy was still hamming it up. What you mean, Shrek? You know, that kind of thing. But but Shrek was more like, I don't know, Donkey. I just... He was playing it very much like that, and it didn't work. So right when he was thinking about going in and doing some redubs is when he unfortunately passed away. Uh, Mike Myers' version, though, perfect oh yeah and even because, and even that was a redo because whole, he re, he did a few lines and was like i don't know they're like well can you do a voice he goes i could do maybe do scottish and i like try it yeah he does the, <laughs> he does the dad from uh i think i married an axe murderer uh-huh uh, i'll show you that clip the pantaverant yeah. yes <laughs> the conspiracy but uh he does the whole he he's the fine i'll do it kind mm-hmm. of guy and he can that's the fuck he's like thor almost fine i'll do it my fucking self <laughs> but like he's that guy because he's he's thrown into a bad situation so the one of the greatest villains of all time next to kevin spacey is john lithgow <laughs> lord fuckwad lord farquad fuckwad <laughs> i know but, i love it Duloc, welcome to Duloc, and his whole kingdom is we're getting rid of fairy tales yep. because i fucking hate them he's a genocidal man <laughs> but it's so funny they were able to pull the talking donkey yes out of such a, like a fable from so far back and make it a mainstay because what do we see we see three little bears mm-hmm. or uh, the, the fam- pigs uh, three little pigs we see the goldilock family mm-hmm. uh, we see uh, the three witches from cinderella yep the we, wolf and the grandma clothes yeah we see all these fables and uh, fairy tales and stuff all being put in a swamp Tons of people with pitchforks and uh, yeah. torches. Mm-hmm. I heard he grinds your bones to make his bread. And they're uh, building this character up in the beginning. This is like, we're going to kick his ass. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're not. This <laughs> like eight foot tall, 800 pounds. Ogre. Ogre. <laughs> and like, when you think of ogre, you think of orc yeah. from like Lord of the Rings or some shit. Some of that eats little people. <laughs> but uh, it's so perfect in the way they do it. I don't want to go into it a little bit more, but. One of my favorite jokes that have become the greatest meme to me is run, run, run as fast as you can. <laughs> you can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. And like he spins that fucking light like a cop. He's like, I'm the gingerbread man. <laughs> and he just, I got your buttons. And he's just screaming. And he's like, Do you know the Muffin Man? I swear the to God. Man. The Muffin Man. I swear to God, they made John Lithgow act that out and then mo capped that shit because he's like, Dude, look at the look at the abandon he does. He just throws his fucking legs at a sentient creature. He's like, You fairy tale scum. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. That is fucking metal as shit. And I love the meme of, you're a monster. <laughs> or the Anakin Skywalker. Uh-huh. Run, run, run. <laughs> but, uh, but for DreamWorks to make that with yeah. Monsters, Inc. on the back end. Oh, God, with yeah. With Pixar. What, I will say 2001 was a great time for movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sands 9-11. And it was awesome. And guess what else we got that year? The War in Iraq. No. <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, so great Does year for movies. whatever Sam Raimi tells me. Yeah. And then in 2004, damn, the greatest 
the greatest Fantastic Four movie ever that will ever be made, The Incredibles. That, that, that one was one of the first few animated movies I had caught other than like Monsters Inc., which was sad, mm-hmm. was this feeling of defeat in watching a movie. Really? There's the scene where he's going to snap that woman's fucking neck yes. in front of Syndrome, and, okay. he can't, and he can't do it, and he fails. And like you can just see the way they animated that with that nice 50s mm-hmm. style kind of like advertisement information, you know, it, it's, a, it's a punch in the gut. It is. It is. And like, you're like, no, I'm the hero. I'm protecting my family. Even though, you know, his wife is a hero. Yeah. She was Elastigirl, you know. Mm-hmm. Was before him. Yeah. And now they're, they're incredible. And you're like, you could tell where he's defeated in the beginning, where he becomes like an office cubicle guy. I just love him. Oh I God. love how, like, he's so fucking massive. <laughs> and he's telling that woman, he's like, here's what you need to do. And he takes me in. <laughs> you, need, you need to go to apartment five uh-huh. and he, he's writing it down and he hands it Fill to her this form yeah and then, and then he's like i forget what he does but he insurance a, claims yes yeah. and he's telling her how to scam her yes. way back from the insurance yes claim. and that's how he's feeling like a winner and and, and his boss who's like two foot tall <laughs> i do love you know his kids are just as powerful in other ways a speedster mm-hmm. and visit girl yep uh which and Jack Jack, who would be a omniscient villain or hero? <laughs> we will find out. We don't yeah. know yet. He's more powerful than fucking Superman. Like <laughs> I think we did. That. It's basically baby Superman. He yeah. has all the powers. powers. All of them. He can turn into a monster. He can turn to ice, fire, invisible. Mm-hmm. Shoots laser out. We find that more fly. in the sequel. Yeah, but, but it's like even do but, all this shit. But we figure it out a little bit in this one. He it's can like, turn oh, to shit. fire. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I do love like it does explain the the monotony of heroes. Yes, uh, where. All right, so at some point they stop it to where heroes can do what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so him and Elastic Girl have children. So this Covio Accords. <laughs> so they do this whole thing, and Flash or uh, was it Dash? Yes, Dash is the son. Uh, he's like, I want to run track, and they're like, Look, <laughs> dude. <laughs> You gotta tone it down. Like you gotta run like a regular kid. That's fucking boring. I want to run. Yeah. They're like, fine, go do it. And they're doing this whole life thing. Uh huh. And dude, this motherfucker is taking off. <laughs> Gone. He should have. And they're like, no, no, slow down. Yeah, that's just at the like, end of the movie. No, bring it back. Bring it back. And they're like coaching him. They're like, no, 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 modest second, modest second. And it's a great. It's you know the the villain. Is so well made. Chocolate covered pretzel. Yeah, <laughs> it's so well done. And well, that's what I love about it. It, it is it's Jason Lee. Yeah, and that's what's so cool. It's just like I never knew that. Like watching it a few times. I, like, even after I became a Kevin Smith fan, I saw Incredibles again. Still never connected the dots. And as soon as I read something, they're like, "Yeah, and Jason Lee was the voice of Cinder." I'm like, "No fucking way!" And I listened back to it. I was like, "Oh." Holy shit! And, and they actually did throw in. Oh, um, they did throw in a Kevin Smith reference in that movie because of that. What was his name as a kid? Buddy. Buddy. That's very close to Brody. Yeah. So that they actually confirmed they were like you couldn't. They weren't going to call him Brody, yeah. but they said we'll call him Buddy, and yeah. that would be close enough. So I thought. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, the whole thing of creating a robot that kills heroes mm-hmm. to become the ultimate villain is a little bit flawed, but you kind of see like 
people died. Like he killed heroes to create this machine. It was successful. And it's like almost some like Lex Luthor type shit. Mm-hmm. And like, on a, like that happens in the comics. Oh, like, you sly dog. You call me, me monologuing. <laughs> uh, but that, that scene where he acknowledges I'm the fucking hero and the robot turns on him. Yeah. Because it acknowledges only heroes. Uh, and now he has to fight it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work out as good. Yeah. Uh, I do like Sam Jackson as you know it, it goes frozone and, but it turns into like a buddy cop situation yes. like they were they were they were fighters together you know and it's the old generation transitioning over to the new generation and you really see that in the second one more than anything right but and again I, I one, of the, the, I, one of the most perfect scenes ever honey where's my super suit yeah you're what my super suit. Why do you need it? Would you just tell me? I said, why do you? Just tell me what my suit is, woman. I'm, I'm talking about the greater good here. The greater good. I am your wife. I'm the greatest good you ever going to get. I do love the other version of that. Where I love the other version of that. He's, she's like, I think it's under the sink. You don't need it. Yeah, you need them tampons too, huh? <laughs> That thing's been dried up for me. <laughs> and but, uh, but as great as The Incredibles was, that was the last movie for a while from them I saw. Shrek 2 came out in 2004. Ah, okay. Which I will say has a better soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Great soundtrack. Even and, with all the covers, and, it's still a great and, soundtrack. Yeah, it's all covers. That's what I liked. Uh, because it was just a reimagining for a fairy tale. It's not like, you know, like Pocahontas or Cinderella where they create the song for the movie. Yeah. It's just like, nah, I want to hear boys back in town while Gingerbread is on fire, blowing, <laughs> killing motherfuckers. I will say, even, uh, they were a lot, and even the even the pop reference, pop culture reference in that movie were even better. Like, for yes. instance, when they were getting uh, invited to the king's kingdom to meet mm. Fiona's parents, everyone's it's like, Hollywood. Well, well, yeah, but but when the uh, when the guys come in to bring the message. They just do a traditional trumpet fanfare thing. Looks like a dun 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 And then one guy goes He's doing the Hawaii Yeah. The fairy godmother being the bad guy. Yes. Really turned it. She's like, Cinderella. Uh, was it Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, Pretty Woman? <laughs> Pretty Woman's a fairy tale. It's my fair lady. But, like, but she's just like, that movie's about a whore. <laughs> but, you know, there's a reference in there you will catch as an adult. Mm-hmm. But I caught it right away just because I'm, I'm an asshole and found it. Uh, there's a scene where Donkey turns into a horse. Yeah. And he's a white horse, and Shrek's turned into a man. Yeah. <laughs> They're on the horse. He's on the horse running away from Hollywood land or whatever. Right. And there's a blimp falling or a, a hot air balloon falling. Uh-huh. And they're yeah, like, it's like a newscaster thing. Yeah. Hey, look, the fugitive is being chased down by the guards. He's he, and they say something. He's on trail 95. And it's like, are did you just reenact the OJ Simpson chase <gasps> on oh, the highway? Shit. And they did it. He's on a white Bronco. Oh, That's what fuck. they say. Oh, shit. Oh, it's a, shit. It's an OJ reference. I never caught that before. Well, watch it again. It's a fucking OJ reference. I don't know. It's like, bravo, Pixar, you bossy <laughs> motherfuckers. DreamWorks. DreamWorks. <laughs> but, dude. That's the thing about DreamWorks. Coke and heroin. 
Like, but those motherfuckers were ballsy about that shit. He sold a white Bronco heading down 95. Oh, my God. No, I never caught that reference before. Holy shit. Yeah. And, uh, like, right after that, they made that terrible Shark Tale movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to knock off. We, we saw it a little bit before the podcast. Um, but, you know, Shrek, you know, doing all that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Right after that with Pixar, you had Cars and Ratatouille. And I've... And I didn't watch either of those. Ratatouille. This is what this is when Pixar kind of dies off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Ratatouille is a very fan favorite for kids, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a cooking. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're a fan of cooking, yeah, yeah. it's what it is. Um, well, and that seems like something I'd be interested in. Yeah. But I don't know. Something about it just never. The villain was me the in. food critic, so it's, it's, yeah, it, 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 it wasn't my bag. And then Cars wasn't my kind of thing. No. But I did watch some follow up uh, between after those two, which was Wally. I actually caught that in theaters. I didn't watch Wally until about three years ago. Right. And I'm just like, God damn, this Hal 9000 motherfucker. Yeah. 86, everybody. Dude, you, I you thought, stole this from Kubrick, didn't you? Well, see, and that's what I thought it was cool. It was like a post apocalyptic thing. And then, you know, this weird Stanley Kubrick. Well, that explains why you didn't watch it for so long. <laughs> But no, I, I just thought it was a really cool thing, and people were bitching. Like, oh, they're pushing environmentalism when did on the Wally kids. Come out? Oh, June of two thousand eight. All right, around that time, uh, B movie came out. Ah, yeah, Jerry Seinfeld, which yes. is one of the most annoying fucking films. <gasps> annoying, but man, I enjoyed it when it first came out. I watched it. But you know what else came out around that time? What came out around? Kung that Fu time? Panda. Oh China shit! is eating dirt to this day because they couldn't think of a martial art panda from China. Tell me how many people voiced chi- by Jack Black. You know somebody got their fucking hands chopped off because they. <laughs> why didn't you think of this? Why didn't you think of this? Why white guy in Florida think of this? Huh? Asshole! I love Kung Fu Panda. That. That Dude, movie was. That, I, I, was I saw senior, that in theaters. I was, I was a senior in high school when I saw that at a friend's house. I'm just like, "Fuck yeah, man! That's, <laughs> that's bad." The way they do it, they got, uh, oh fuck, uh, the different styles of martial arts, and he's basically a sumo wrestler. If you don't know anything about martial arts, sumo wrestling is the first martial art. Um, and I'm just like, it's Jack Black, which is kind of fun because I watched uh, uh, the Tenacious D movie not yep. long before that, School of Rock, School of Rock, and stuff like that. Uh, the Pick of Destiny. Um, but I'm watching it, and the animation fight scenes are perfect. You know, if you watch yeah. it, and uh, no, like, they they said they wanted to stay very true to yeah. fighting. Yeah, and the dude escape scene. You remember the escape scene of the guy that he was a he was a snow leopard. He was a bad guy. I don't remember the movie very it's well. Very elaborate how he escapes. A duck feather comes flowing down, and his tail catches it because he's in like a full body thing. And he sticks the feather in the lock and uses his tail to whip it around and unlocks the lock. Mm-hmm. And he's being guarded in this tower, this impossible fucking escape by rhino men. Right. And I'm like, he's going to kill these people. He's going to kill every fucking one. And he does. Like, he kicks ass all the way up. And they overdid it. And that was perfect. And then they do, like, the Kung Fu Hustle thing, which I kind of yeah. love. The Buddha Palm. <laughs> uh, but it's... it's it's one of my favorite movies because the Kung Fu Panda movies are very fun to watch. I'm a big action fan. But the martial arts thing is perfect oh, yeah. because they do it in all of them. Uh, but yeah, in 2008, I remember that coming out. Uh, B-movie was just annoying as shit. <laughs> it was annoying. There, there was some somebody, things I liked I, there's, about there's, it. There's this one thing on video online. It's like five minutes long. It says, the movie doubles in pace every time they say the word B. Yes. And it takes like five minutes. 
<laughs> no, the, I've I've seen those comps. They're pretty damn funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Uh, before we talk about this one, let's talk about. Uh, we'll skip a movie and go to 2010. And talk about Toy Story three because that's technically the last movie that came out that I really like kind of paid attention to because immediately after Toy Story 3 you had Cars 2, Brave, Monsters University, Inside Out, which Brave, we talked a little bit good. on. Uh and then like Good Dinosaur, Finding Dory, Cars 3, you know, so it's like we're not going to go through every one of these, but uh like I said skipping a movie to go back to it. Uh Toy Story 3. Um honestly, I wish even though I've not seen number 4, I wish whatever they did there they hadn't have done regardless because three ended it perfect. Oh, they all almost died in an incinerator. Well, no. Well, well that's the one scene. Teddy bear. That's one scene. But no. So you were talking about the Toy Story movie specifically, kind of growing up with you. Yeah, if you're born between 1988 and 1990, these movies, you're Andy. You are Andy. Yes. So what's Andy doing in this movie? He's giving his toys away. And he's going off to college. Yeah. So it's like you're right in around about that same age group when you're watching the movie. So. I feel like it was a perfect wrap up because they were giving the toys away. They, you know, did all this new stuff. You know, the, they almost kind of did like the Island of Misfit Toys mm. kind of vibe with certain things. And I don't know, just with the way everything wrapped up and then Andy getting loved by, you know, a new generation or like the, the unwanted toys getting loved by new generation, mm. this and the other. There's other little small allegories. Perfect ending. Mm. They really didn't need to go any further. Uh, it's just money. It is, but at the same time, it just really felt like that was, out of all the Toy Story movies, I remember watching that one front to back and actually enjoying it the most. Yeah, it's extremely sad. It is. It's extremely sad, but I think they kind of did the South Park thing, where they were like, we're going to respect the viewer enough to kind of give you a real movie Mm -hmm. with Toy Story characters. Yeah. Uh, Around that time, I knew uh, How to Train Your Dragon came out. That was another fun one. That was really fun. It's very fast-paced. Yes. Uh, And the guy that does the voice... uh, (laughs) He was a big. He he was part of the whole James Franco, Seth Rogen, uh, group of kids mm-hmm. who did like Silicon Valley and uh, Freaks and Geeks and stuff. He was the other character, and uh, his voice comes off really good in this uh, because Brave kind of has that same kind of feeling. Brave was actually pretty good. Um, I really enjoyed that movie yeah. just because of the animation of her hair mm-hmm. is like perfect, and that's where you meet the crazy what could be Boo. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know after that, you know, just from DreamWorks alone, you know, they just released around that time. It was their fourth Shrek movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mega Mind was a big oh, release. I remember that, yeah. Uh, Kung Fu Panda 2 was after that. Uh, they did some terrible movies. Like, uh, they were still kicking off the Madagascar series. Yeah. I, I never the, really watched any of those. Uh, uh, they did, like, uh, Turbo, which was a dog. No, I thought that was uh, the snail. That one was the dog. Uh, the white dog. No, the white dog was Bolt. Bolt, okay. Turbo was the snail. Uh, but you had the ones like the Croods. Uh, you had a, this fucked up one called Rise of the Guardians. It was the Jack Frost character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they did a, you know, How to Train Your Dragon 2. And then they got to a movie in 2015. It took me like three months to watch. Uh, my niece was born. Mm-hmm. And she was probably one. And she's like, I would have watched this movie. Yeah, she's really yeah, yeah, yeah. It was called Home. Okay. I think I've talked to you about this movie yeah. before. It took me three months to watch because she'd watch it, fall asleep, and I'd click it off. Well, I got tired of watching it like the fifteenth fucking time, <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm gonna sit here and watch this whole goddamn movie, dude. Yeah, I'm I, semi-invested now, dude. That is a heartbreaker of a movie. <laughs> God damn, dude, that's a fucked up movie to watch. And I'm just like, why am I showing this? Fuck it, we're gonna watch Evil Dead. 
<laughs> well, to kind of work on that one, the one movie I didn't mention that I said we were going to kind of skip over because I feel like we've got the most to say about this one is they took everything they learned from Incredibles, Finding Nemo, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., all the heart-wrenching things and went and got into a board meeting into their movie made by committee and said, you know what? We're going to really fuck with them. Mm-hmm. This one's called Up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't consider that a movie made by committee. I consider that a movie made by two directors who had diametrically opposing ideas of what a movie should be. <laughs> Seriously, though, man. like if, if the intro to Finding Nemo didn't wreck a kid... Man, I... Okay. Even growing up, I was always that weird kid where it's like, if I thought of my future, I thought about it with a partner. Mm -hmm. Even before I was like too young to fully understand what marriage entailed, Mm -hmm. it's like I always still thought about it. It's like, I still want a girl to do it with. You know, I want my girlfriend or my wife or, you know, the partner to go do things with. So even at a young age, I always had the idea of, you know, get a girl, get married, have a family. Watching that play out where it's like two kids, you know, a little younger than me kind of meeting and playing and growing up together that hit because I'm like, oh, I'd love to find a girl somewhere at my age now and just kind of grow up with her and love her the rest of my life. And then all of a sudden the bitch dies. Oh, no, it's worse than that. Well, well, but that's the part that got me. No, she she can't. She had a miscarriage. Yes. But then <laughs> after that, but, but the, the miscarriage thing didn't hit me as hard because I still didn't want kids. Mm. So I was just like, oh, yeah, that's kind of sad. But they immediately lift it back up because they're like, well, screw it. We're going to keep doing the other things. Seeing her not be able to enjoy the other things and then slowly her body deteriorating where she can't make it up the hill. You know who else has this this plot line? What? The bad guy from The Walking Dead. (laughs) They wrote his story exactly the same as that old man from Up. His wife dies of cancer. Then he starts taking a bat to everyone's face. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they really did that in the rest of this movie. But uh, You add zombies to the same goddamn movie. (laughs) But seriously, but by the time she can't make it up that fucking hill and then he's sitting there in that same hospital Mm -hmm. with her on the deathbed... Dude, I'll, I forget how old I was. Don't know. Tears streaming down my face. That hit me so hard. Like, to the point where, like, when the guy goes home and just shuts the door and is, like, showing his day-to-day life, I was done. I didn't want to watch the rest of the movie. I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I forgot what the trailer was. I forgot that Doug, the kid, all these funny things are supposed to happen. That alone fucked me up. Like it, that was like Avengers his wife, Endgame. His wife type dying. Shit. I kind of it kind of like they telegraphed that very quickly. What got me about the movie, and I knew it was going to be a sad movie, not only because it was Disney and Pixar, was they have their money in mm-hmm. a jar, and something breaks. Yeah, got to crack open that jar. Mm-hmm. When one bruises his knee, got to change that jar. Mm-hmm. You got to do all this and all that. And then suddenly it becomes, oh, you know, we just decided not to have kids. She had a miscarriage. It's not her thing. So let's let's get back to going back to our, our, our childhood dream. Mm-hmm. And it was still debilitating because he has to crack that jar open one more time yep. for the medical bills. Yep. And while this is going on, everything around the house is changing where he becomes the last little house in the city. Now, 
And all the while, when they're growing up, the whole idea... Okay, so the reason they were in breaking the jar, the jar initially was a fund yeah, for them fund. to travel around the world mm-hmm. and be the big, great explorers that they talked about as little kids when they first met. So that was always their mega dream, growing up as teenagers and in early adulthood, they were mm-hmm. just always saving back that money. But then, like you said, life always got in the way, and they always had to use the money for something. Mm-hmm. And then exactly what you said, life was even changing around them. And it, and it is kind of interesting because we see a little bit of that here in town. Yeah. Right down the corner from us is a really cool uh, uh, like uh, bar, pub. You know, if you're in the Charlotte area, definitely yeah. check it out. It's Thirsty Beaver. Place. Yes. It's the Thirsty Beaver. You walk in, you forget you're in Charlotte. Yeah. You think you're in like a small... Okay, well, someone died. Um, you feel like you're in one of the smaller, you know, I won't say redneck, but, you know, smaller country towns, you know, like Hickory or, you know, somewhere like that. But then as soon as you walk out of the building and look around, it's surrounded by condos. Mm. But this is just a tiny little concrete building, painted orange, hole in the wall spot. But it's the last surviving thing on the street, just like Up was. And it, and it kind of hit on a lot of different interesting aspects because I feel like even during that time in real life, there was a lot of gentrification happening overall. Like there was big movements in a lot of cities to kind of clear out neighborhoods and create more business opportunities. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, with the, some of the newer stuff Pixar did, I was just going through the list here. Yeah. Uh, you no, know, Toy Story Four came out a little bit after, uh, actually the week after uh, Incredibles Two. Mm-hmm. So they kind of fucked themselves. They, you know, in that timeline because Incredibles two, and then another movie. Yeah. Uh, and I saw Incredibles two in the theater, and it was good. It just didn't feel the same though. I like the bad guy because yeah. the bad guy was you know screen slaver. Yeah, and it was a cool. It kind of reminds me of uh, that new villain they put in the new Spider Man game, mm-hmm. uh, Buzzball or whatever her name is, the social media ki- killer. Oh, I know what you're talking about. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me of that, and I was like, okay, they they reincorporated something, and and, and it works pretty good. And they kind of tell the story of Elastigirl Girl a little mm-hmm. bit better, um, and how they kind of came to be in the situation they are, right? Uh, with no heroes and stuff like that, and they gave them a menagerie of fucking heroes, which I liked, mm-hmm. uh, and it picks up right where it left off immediately. With, where with it the left mole off. men, yep, I am the mole man, <laughs> uh, and it was a like, cool the trash man. <laughs> But it's a callback to the Mole Man from like Fantastic Four. Yeah. Uh, Again, I, best I, Fantastic Four yeah. movie ever made. And like, I had tried to watch Toy Story Four with the disabled spoon character. Yeah. Not my bag. <laughs> uh, I will say, you know, they had made a few other movies uh, a little bit more culturally different mm-hmm. afterwards. Soul. Yeah. Uh, Coco and stuff like that. I recently found out Pixar didn't make that newest one. Which one? Encanto. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pixar didn't make that. Yeah, that was strictly a Disney thing. Yeah, and I was just like, really? You didn't pull those guys to come make that movie? Mm-hmm. Like, god damn. Yeah. yeah. And then I found out, like, I think they didn't They didn't do Moana nope. either. No, that was strictly Disney also. Yeah, I'm just like, you have this, you know, you have a group of guys who are... Masters. Masters. Of this shit, and <laughs> They've just, proven themselves time and time again. And, you know, with them doing, like, I think the last one they did was, like, Luca or some or Turning Red. They did Turning Red. But... Uh, you said you also liked uh, where you said Inside Out was another really sad movie. Inside I finally Out. watched that the other uh, a few months ago. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's an emotional dis- oh, destruction. Yeah. Uh, like uh, the imaginary friends where they kill it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just like, 
Oh, okay. I said where you're going. Yep. You fucking psychos. <laughs> but yeah, so that's just kind of a little bit of a cursory look at what DreamWorks and primarily Pixar were kind of doing around this time period. And again, very different animation houses creating very different movies at the same time because again at the same time you're getting you know you're finding nemos and your incredibles you're also getting your shreks Mm -hmm. you know so it's like they they were creating two very different type movies but at the same time they kind of worked especially for the time period yeah and they they both work very well i wouldn't be surprised if in the future dreamworks gets part of disney Mm -hmm. just to keep it all under the same umbrella yeah because i mean as much as we've been praising pixar i mean there's part of a reason why we haven't watched a lot of the movies recently is it did feel like they kind of fell into sequelitis Mm -hmm. and like i don't know not very compelling movies yeah i i could see them probably like redoing some of the older stuff Mm -hmm. um in a similar fashion yeah other than that i'm just I don't know. I'm waiting to see what's next. I finally watched Encanto not long ago. Yeah. It does have a very catchy song that burrows into your brain. Oh, which one? The Bruno one. Okay. Yeah. I've heard about that on TikTok. But it's also like, did she accidentally, did the grandma accidentally create X-Men? Like, <laughs> like that's what she did. One dude, the, the Bruno character, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, can tell when people die. Okay. Jesus. One <laughs> speaks to animals. Like on a casual basis, yeah. Until one animal is probably like, you know, I ate that one, right? Like, I but, actually, I enjoyed Moana more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. That was actually a pretty fun. The Rock one. was in that. Yes, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yes, uh, I do like the theory that she died, and that's mm-hmm. what you're seeing is like the fantasy world that she lives in. <laughs> that's why she. That's why she's having this adventure is because she's dead. <laughs> Oh god, no! But no, that was pretty fun. We we do like our animation. A family movie does not always necessarily mean kid friendly. It can just mean a movie that anyone in the family can enjoy, which means the adults as well. Quick, funniest moment moment in Pixar. Funniest moment in Pixar. I can't immediately pull one, but honestly, there's a lot of really funny moments in A Bug's Life. Yeah, that or any of the freak out moments in um. Monsters Incorporated. Like, oh, like it, the 21. Yeah, like the 2319 or yeah. any of those. Some of those moments are really good. Although I feel like I'm missing a one-liner joke that's meant for adults. Mm-hmm. That's also the greatest. <laughs> okay. This is to wrap it up, actually. This is the thing I remember laughing at the hardest growing up. Okay, so like you said, VHS mm-hmm. tapes. At the end of these movies, sometimes they would have fake bloopers yeah of all things what animation house decides screw it we're also going to make fake bloopers whether it be you know someone messed up their line or they're like you know what these like characters- what do like what do you be like oh hold on hold on i gotta do that line again it just walks away comes back. yeah exactly so whether it be even something like that or like you know they decide to make an actor fall over or something and you yeah. know it's like stupid or have like a boom might come in and they're like you know hey guy (laughs) favorite one was in a bug's life it was the flies sitting around the bar and they're like doing different takes of the different stuff and one of them farts oh no 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 no. it's the roly polies that's what it is one of them uh, is burp Ah. yeah yeah one burps another one burps long burp and he's another one goes into for a burp and farts and he's just like I rewound and played that bit so many fucking times. 
<laughs> I don't know why I thought that was the funniest thing on earth, but it yeah, that's still my favorite. What about yours? The first 15 minutes up. God damn it. No, uh, the the full mental breakdown of what are you looking for Buzz in Sid's house? Uh, and the whole he's waving his arm. I am Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> You see the hat? And like you hear the distress in his voice. You see the hat? <laughs> and like Tim Allen and Tom Hanks, you know how to ball making that shit. Oh yeah. But like Tim Allen just having a bit to break down. It's like, you see the hat? And he's like pointed with his dead arm and he's like, you look, look, you piece of shit. That and the, uh, that and the uh, Buzz Lightyear stuck in the claw machine and Woody Allen, or uh, Woody, <laughs> Woody, Woody Allen. Allen. <laughs> uh, Woody's got is uh, they're being sucked into the claw machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, because Sid finds Buzz mm-hmm. in a fucking claw, claw machine. machine. He's pulling it, and they're like, "Take us with you." One of the yeah, aliens. Yeah. He's like, and he's kicking him. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Him. He's like, "Get off us, you fucking zealots!" <laughs> <laughs> so she's he's like, "They're all a bunch of cultists." <laughs> oh. <laughs> and he's like, he throws. He's like, Kobe's one for his dog. And yeah. He, and they're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I will say, Disney like Disney World changed something because of the because of the Toy Story movies. Do you know what it was? What? What happens when Andy comes into the room? They all fall. Yeah. If you at one point at Disney World, uh-huh. somewhere between the span of the second and third movie, if you yelled, "Andy's here!" Anyone dressed as a as a fucking Toy Story character would have to drop to the ground. <sighs> Holy shit! They would fucking have to. People figured this out because it used to just be a caller. Yeah, say, yeah. Hey, Andy's here. They'd all like yeah, fall yeah, down yeah. in the parade. It was scaring kids because they thought they died. <gasps> Oh my kids God. were freaking out because one guy, one guy in the crowd, would be like, "Andy's here," and they'd be hanging out with a kid and be like, <laughs> and their eyes are open. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, and they, like, they stop that shit. And I'm just like, that's fucking hilarious. I would do that. Yeah. I would just walk past. Andy's here. Yeah, Andy's here. <laughs> well, for this episode of the Couch Potatoes, I'm an Alex and Chris. Do you have any sort of final thoughts? <sighs> About Pixar, DreamWorks. I do love my heroine. I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I will say, I'm hoping they get back to it. Yeah, to the level of original storytelling, like Toy Story. Um, you saw a glimmer with with Inside Out because that yeah. was really good. Um, but you know, like all Toy Story films, kill your dreams. <laughs> you know, uh, your toys are sentient, and when you throw them away, they are all, all are melted down. <laughs> You make new toys for boys and girls for new sentience. Uh, because animals, when you become an adult, uh, Woody and Buzz mean completely different kind of ideas yep. for toys. 